This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about the leadership of President Barack Obama. He was the first African-American president in the United States. And not only did he serve one term, however, he also served two terms. Prior to becoming president, he was also in the Senate representing the state of Illinois. And the first time I remember noticing him and hearing about him was in 2004 when he spoke at the Democratic National Convention. And at that time, he distinguished himself as quite an eloquent speaker, and many more people came to know a little bit about him. So today I want to talk about seven principles or ways that he led as president because we can learn something from those seven ways. And I'd like to begin with a quote from him, which was, Where we are met with cynicism and doubts and those who tell us that we can't, we will respond with that timeless creed that sums up the spirit of a people. Yes, we can. And that's principle number one, inspiring collective vision. And as you recall, his whole campaign slogan was, yes, we can. First of all, yes is a word that speaks of possibility of what can happen, and we speaks of the collective aspect of it. So even in that vision statement, he's focused on what is doable, what's out there in front of him, and what can be done together. And so often, leaders omit this level of inspiration. And at the time that President Obama was running for president, we were facing a significant economic crisis in the United States, and we all could use a little bit of inspiration and also the reminder that there was a future full of hope and possibility. So that's one thing about his presidential leadership that he brought was that inspiring, very positive, forward-thinking, hope-filled collective vision. Number two, President Obama was a president for all Americans. And that's significant. Even though he was the first African-American president, he recognized that as president, he is the president of the whole country and everyone who is part of the country, no matter their race, creed, religion, or belief system. And he was well suited to have that perspective, being the son of a father who was from Kenya and the son of a Caucasian American mother who grew up in Kansas. And he was partially raised by his mother and also raised by his Caucasian grandparents in Hawaii. So he came from a very diverse family, including his mother having 
later married a man from Indonesia and moved to Indonesia. So he was a citizen of the world right from the beginning and exposed to diverse ethnic backgrounds and upbringings. And he had a chance to have loving grandparents who were Caucasian grandparents. So accepting all parts of himself, he recognized that this was a platform that he had already been practicing all of his life of being more widespread in terms of casting the net. So President Obama was president for all Americans. Number three, he recognized the importance of the average everyday working American, the person out there on the farm, in the factory, in the city, in the country. And he never lost sight of those who were disenfranchised to focus his energy and attention on the elite. No, he didn't do that. And he remembered something his mother always said, which was to imagine ourselves being in someone else's shoes. And all along the way, as he met people across the country, he could relate to their plight, whether they were struggling because they didn't have health care, and he would remember his own mother's situation, dying of health conditions because she didn't have health care. There was always a way that he could connect with the average American person having grown up as an ordinary American himself. Number four, he brought a lot of warmth and accessibility to everything that he did. He had an engaging personality, a lot of charisma. You could easily see him with his shirt sleeves up, eating some hamburgers at the White House, listening to ethnically relevant music at official functions. He brought a lot of culture and a lot of diversity even to the White House. So one of the things that he would also say as a quote is this, we the people recognize that we have responsibilities as well as rights, that our destinies are bound together, that a freedom that only asks what's in it for me, a freedom without a commitment to others, a freedom without love or charity or duty or patriotism is unworthy of our founding ideals and those who died in their defense. So his vision, again, is one that's um, wide-reaching and collective and touches the everyday person. Number five, President Obama was also a very strong family man. When you saw him, you saw his wife, you saw his two daughters. They were an integral part of all he did and of his life. They weren't hidden in the background. And I think that that was part of his strength, being a family man. He married a woman who was intelligent, someone he loved, and she was a true partner to him, and I'm sure also a trusted advisor and confidant. He also cared about what his daughter's would experience in their lives and the kind of world that they would grow up in. And he wanted to be a part of creating that better environment, even for his daughters. So the family was the center of a lot of who he was and how he lived. Number six, he lived by his personal principles of decency. And what I mean by that is 
Had there really been any personal scandals of, let's say, extramarital affairs and all kinds of situations like that, I am certain that this would have come to light. In contrast, however, he lived according to his own principles of decency, and there were no stories like that that could be brought to life. And that's something to really emulate, that someone would live by the principles that are important to them and truly be a family man. And then number seven, I would say, was his sense of humor. We know that President Obama was a very intelligent man and could have done anything he wanted to do. He opted for a life of service. He opted for organizing at the grassroots level and caring about the everyday person. And yet when he got into this position and situation where he had a larger platform, there were many who claimed he was not a citizen and they claimed he was not born in the U.S., all of which those were lies that wasn't true. And as President Obama faced all of these assaults about who he was religiously, who he was as citizenship-wise, he maintained a sense of resolve, a sense of calm and dignity, using his wit and intelligence in a humorous way to diffuse and deflect some of the challenges. So I think that this is an example that we all can take forward with us. We can take this example forward to have that inspiring collective vision, to be a leader for all that we lead, to recognize the importance of the average person in your organization, in your company. Number four, to be accessible, be out there, eat hamburgers with the people, show warmth. Number five, in your personal life, be a family person, live by principles of decency, and use your intelligence and wit to truly represent the person that you are. You don't have to stoop to any low levels, and you can use humor even to move forward. And this time of Black History Month, I am celebrating the first African-American president of the United States, President Barack Obama. And in his words, let me end with this. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.